I'm the dad. Getting old then, right? <laughs> um, thanks, Angel, wherever you are. Yeah, I love you, too. Awesome. Um, you guys, I'm really excited tonight to, to share uh, the word with you. I, I want to give honor to where honor is due. Um, I was saying to James, it was about a year ago. Well, I, I've preached since then, but it was about a year ago. I remember a night preaching. It was, it was near my birthday. It was on my birthday, so it's near my birthday again. And here I am, uh, you know, back and looking at what God has done over this past year has been pretty significant on Monday night. And I'm just so thankful and proud of uh, James and the team, Levi, Angel, all, the, all of you. I, I don't, I'm not going to start naming you because there's lots of you. But about a year and a half ago, uh, we said farewell to... Pastor Tim Mason, and he's over at CLA doing a great job. And we just kind of felt like the Lord wanted to just breathe something fresh on Monday nights. And how many just are experiencing that? How many have received from God over this last season if you've been coming for a while? We thank God for that. And uh, although I'm blessed and privileged and honored to be um, a part of To Heal in the sense of spiritual covering and and bringing a word um, every once in a while to this, this group, I just really want to honor uh, James and the team and Justin Wells. Wow. Because he's up there serving all the time. And, uh, and you know what? I want to honor you. I want to honor you. You're here tonight because there's spiritual hunger. You're here tonight in minus a million outside. Um, and you're here tonight to encounter God. You're hungry. Maybe you're invited with a friend. There's lots of reasons why you're here. Um, and here's the thing. We all come for different reasons. Some of us come because there's a real obvious spiritual hunger, and that's why we're here. Some of us come because she's going to be here. Some of us come because this might be the night that you meet him and you will be engaged in six months. So we're going to be praying a miracle line at the, at the end tonight for anybody who... Some of you are here tonight because you want to go out for wings after with some friends. But you know what I believe? I believe deep inside you want Jesus. And I've, I know I've showed up to church events in my journey for some other reason. And the Holy Spirit got a hold of my life, spoke to me, healed me. And he's going to meet you tonight no matter why you came. He sees the depths of your heart. He longs for you so much. And he's going to change your life if you will open your heart. So I honor you. I'm, I'm honored to, to be able to speak tonight. And I'm going to do my best to be punctual. <laughs> I won't keep you long. It's like, that's what Taylor Swift said to her last boyfriend. I won't keep you. <laughs> I won't keep you long. 
I won't keep you long. First Samuel chapter 30. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag. On the third day that the Amalekites invaded the south of Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. And had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. And they did not kill anyone, but they carried away everyone. They went their way. So David and his men came to the city and there it was burned with fire. And their wives, their sons and their daughters have been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. Medical marijuana, that is. <laughs> because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David, look at this, watch this. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And then David said to Abithar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring me the ephod here to me. And Abithar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. I want to speak to you tonight about what do you do when it seems you've lost everything. And if you're taking notes, you can subtitle it, Recover All. You will recover all. Father, in these moments, just in your word, I thank you, God, that you are here. You are speaking. God, you're leading us deeper into your heart, as we sang tonight. And God, we need you desperately. And there's areas of our lives, Lord, we need healing, breakthrough, forgiveness, joy. And God, even if we're finding ourselves at the end of our rope, I thank you, Lord, that you're God and that you're speaking and that we can find courage and strength in you tonight. In Jesus' name, what do you do when everything seems lost? Don't you hate it when you lose something? You lose your... Maybe people have lost their wallet before. Yes. Lost your phone. Yeah. Lost your keys. Yeah. It's a bad feeling, isn't it? True story, I've lost my sunglasses. Looked for them for half an hour, they were on my head. Has that ever happened to you? Um, when you lose it all, when you have a plan, when you... When you're set out to do it and, and something happens and it goes sideways. Um, I was just reading the, the mission to Mars. Did you hear this? Mars One. They, they just declared bankruptcy today. So all the people that were going to Mars in 2024, the 24 people that were selected to go to Mars, if that was you and you applied, sorry, you just lost all your money. It went sideways, it went bankrupt. When you lose it all, it's not a good feeling. When you set out to do something and you lose it all. Now, that can get personal in our, in our lives personally. We sometimes can 
get off track by our own mistakes, by our own failures. Sometimes it's things that happen in relationships. You were dating that person. You were, you were ready to get engaged or you were engaged and then it, the relationship fell apart. You lost it all. Uh, there's other people, maybe it was a job that you had or that you were going for and, and you were so close to getting it, you, you lose it all. We all face defeat in different ways. We all face loss in our lives. And sometimes it's very serious. Sometimes it has to do with our relationship with God. Sometimes it's, you know, where we're at spiritually in our lives. And there's people in the room tonight, I, I can imagine, and maybe you're here, you're here as somebody who's just open to spiritual things, and we're just super glad that you're here. There's others I know that are here, and you're followers of Christ, and you've been a follower of Jesus for some time, and maybe even in your life tonight, maybe there's something that is going on, and maybe there's some things that you feel like you've lost or maybe you've failed or maybe there's some things that you have done in your life where you feel like, you know what, I just blew it with God. I, I know that, you know, I, I set out to serve God and I set out to, to live my life for him and I made some decisions and I've, I've lost some things. I've lost traction. And even like Levi was talking tonight, you know, you're worshiping and you're worshiping on the outside and you're singing, but on the inside, and I think the Lord is speaking to us tonight. There's, there's, there's somebody, you're dying inside. There's, you feel numb because you just feel like the enemy has had his heyday with you. You feel like your heart is to serve God, but there's so many things that have come against you. Or maybe some of you tonight, can you say, oh, I'm on the other side of that, but I can identify with that. I, I know what that's like in my life. And there may be other times where uh, these things happen because, friends, we are in a perpetual spiritual war. We are in a battle. Jesus has won the victory. Jesus, who died on the cross, he died on the cross to forgive you and me of all of our sin, all of our failure. He loved us so much. God loved the world so much. He gave his son, Jesus. If you put your trust and your faith in him, you can experience eternal life. You can have your sins forgiven. And what's even more amazing is is you can have a personal friendship with the living God, the God of the universe, the same God that we sang about tonight who has fire in his eyes. And Jesus is not just, you know, my, my best friend or my homeboy. Jesus is God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God to be reverenced, God to be feared. And if the enemy can do anything, he likes to sidetrack us or distract us or discourage us or get us down or get us off. And if we're not looking and we're not careful and we're busy and distracted doing other things, the enemy will come in and wreak havoc on our lives. If we're not careful, if we're not guarding our heart, if we're not protecting our soul, if we're not guarding our walk with the Lord and and being in fellowship with God, we can get off in other directions. We can easily get distracted. And distraction often will lead to discouragement because we get distracted and then we see what's happening and we're chasing other things and we can find ourselves discouraged. We can find ourselves dismayed because of things that we've allowed to take place in our life, whether we've had something to do with it or not. What happens is We sometimes forget that the enemy is out to rob, kill, and destroy the good work that God is doing in our lives. And there's some 
people in the room tonight, and it could be that you're not even seeing it because you're, you're focused on something else. In the passage that we read tonight, David, he was distracted. He was in a place called Ziglag, which actually the term Ziglag actually means windy, windy road. Life is kind of like that. Life is kind of full of turns and twists. And David, who was anointed king, he was, you remember this character from the Bible. If you've grown up in church, you would remember David. He was a shepherd boy. He was this kind of bold, you know, poetic guy. I love David because he was a musician. He was kind of artsy. He kind of had feelings. He got his feelings hurt probably because somebody didn't. You know, he's a musician, right? Just they're touchy-feely sometimes. It's like, they, look, they didn't look at me right. So they go off and they write a song about it or a poem about it, and they cry. But I love musicians. I love you folks. You're awesome. I'm kind of like that myself, so I'm kind of poking fun at myself. But David also had this warrior side to him. He also had this intense, passionate, I mean, just read the Old Testament. I mean, there was a time that David came back, Saul said, hey, you know, if you want to marry my daughter, you've got to do some pretty dangerous work. I want you to come back and I want you to bring me some, some foreskins of the Philistines. <laughs> so he came back and he doubled it up. He goes, never mind 100, here's 200. How's that? I mean, how do you get those? <laughs> anyway, wait for the movie. <laughs> some of you guys are like, that's in the Bible? Yeah, it's a pretty good book. You should read it sometime. There's some pretty, it's amazing stories in there. So David had this gangster side to him. And so now David, he's anointed king. But he's not yet his time. David is anointed king. And he starts getting involved in in the armies of Saul. And and, and people start noticing him. And he's got this call on his life. And things are happening. and, And now David's, you know, he's rising up in the ranks. And all the ladies are singing these songs and the ladies are writing songs about David. And they're like, oh, Saul, he kills his thousands, but David kills his ten thousands. And they're singing these songs and Saul starts to get jealous. And then Saul begins to get bitter in his heart towards David and jealous. And now David is on the run for his life and Saul's trying to kill him and murder him. And he's hiding and he finds a bunch of guys that are just willing to follow him bunch of men that bible says that they're depressed they're discouraged they're in debt anybody been there before anybody there tonight (laughs) it's real but they start following david and as they follow him they they group together and, and he's like 10 years away from being king at this point but he's living in this place called ziglag And because he's this warrior, he's going out and he's fighting the enemies of Israel and he's kind of in Philistine territory, but he's going out and he's he's kind of stealth. He's kind of undercover. He's like, I'm not king yet, but I'm going to take out as many enemies as I can while I'm here. I'm going to take out as many enemies, you know, kind of just in this ziklag area. So he gathers these guys and they go off to battle. But when they come back one time, the enemy had came in. And when they got back to ziklag, their town, says the place was burned and they took away all their women. They took away all their sons and their daughters. The place was a mess. The place was a disaster zone. And here's David and he's 
because he was maybe distracted, maybe he should have stayed there. Maybe he should have left more soldiers there. Maybe he should have taken more protection over his home. Maybe, maybe what God had given him uh, and entrusted to him, his, his family and his friends, maybe he should have taken more care of it, but he, he was off doing something else. And, but when he came back, he realized that the enemy, when he wasn't looking, when he was over here doing something, the enemy came in and literally tried to destroy everything that was his. You know, David experienced that also another time in life when he was, he was king later on and he was on the porch one night and he was on the balcony and he saw Bathsheba. And, you know, great name if you're taking baths frequently. So Bathsheba, who was taking a bath, and he sees her and it turns into adultery and it turns into murder and he doesn't even see his own sin. But David should have been on the battlefield, but he was in the balcony. Sometimes we're hanging back and we're distracted and we're doing other things and we leave open areas of our lives exposed and the enemy will come in and try his best to destroy and to kill and to take take us out. And David, he finds himself in this situation now and he's, he's there with all of his friends and they start turning against him. And it says that they wanted to literally pick up stones and kill him. And they cried. And as they cried, I mean, could you imagine that? Just you've lost everything. You've lost your family. You've lost all the things that were precious to you because you were distracted. You were out doing other things. And now you've found yourself back, but it feels like everything that was yours is no longer yours. And some of you tonight, you've lost some things. Some of you tonight, you feel like you've, you've lost out. Some of you tonight, you feel like you've been distracted. You've been looking the other way. And, and, and even sometimes not even a fault of your own, but you've just been, and you look and you realize that the enemy is coming in. And he's stealing from you. And he's trying to kill. And he's trying to rob from you. John 10.10 10 says that the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus said that he came to give his life and life to the fullest. And so if there's some areas of your life tonight, perhaps, that you feel like, you know, you've lost some ground. You've lost some ground spiritually. What happens then sometimes is we can find ourselves in discouragement. We can find ourselves, like I said, distraction can lead to discouragement. Because when we get distracted, we get our eyes off Jesus. We get our eyes off our call. Some of you tonight, there's a calling on your life. God's called you to something. And you feel like you've lost your way. Some of you tonight, it's, it's relational. You feel like you've made too many mistakes in relationships. You feel like you had this heart to do it right. But you've made mistakes. And some of you, even this last week or this last month, there's, there's, there's like this story repeating in your head. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. You've failed God. You, you've made too many mistakes. And you feel like David and his friends, and maybe even people have turned on you, maybe even friends and loved ones and others, and, and you just, you're worried about the way that people see you, and you feel judged, and you feel, you feel all these kinds of emotions, and, and it's impacted your spiritual walk. It's impacted your life in many different ways. And, and you, feel like, you feel like David, when he gets back, and everything that was precious to him is, is now gone, and he doesn't know what to do. And he was distressed and everybody was turning on him. But it says this, it says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord. 
David strengthened himself in the Lord. David in the Bible is an Old Testament picture of Jesus. And I want to just share just a couple areas here tonight that I think will help, help us as we, as we just journey in this, in this walk with God. Sometimes we feel like we're making steps forward. Sometimes we feel like we've lost some ground. We've lost some things. But I just want to say that when you feel like you've lost it all, you haven't. Because God is still for you. And he's able to redeem. He's able to recover all the ground. It says in our passage tonight that all, that all was recovered. And it doesn't matter what kind of ground you feel like you've lost spiritually in your life or in any way, financially, relationally, that God is able and willing and wanting to recover all. And because David is this Old Testament picture of Jesus, David, he lived in this kind of New Testament, Testament uh, revelation, even though he was before Jesus, and he's a picture of Jesus. But David being king, David being priest, and David... Understanding what it was to be a worshiper. He was able, I believe, to to understand and, and to begin to recover. Because in that place of king, in that place, in that mindset, understanding he was a king and understanding he was a priest, he was also able to prophetically understand and being a prophet. Just like you and me, we, we have that same, as children of God, as, as, as disciples of Jesus, we, we have that same mantle that we can walk in, that kingly grace, that kingly anointing that we can, we can obtain, that we can walk in that mantle of, of priest, worshiper. And we also can walk in a prophetic anointing. And I want to show you how this kind of plays out tonight. So David, it says, encouraged himself in the Lord. He understood that he had a a king mantle on his life. He understood that he was anointed as king. Why can you encourage yourself in the Lord tonight? Because God has called you to reign. Why can you encourage yourself when when all seems lost, when you've made mistakes, when you you have a past, when you you feel like like the enemy's come in and, and, and taken over all kinds of ground that you've experienced in your life. Maybe you've made some progress. Maybe there's some things, but, but you look, you say, it just feels like I've, I've lost everything. You can encourage yourself in the Lord because of who you are. Because David understood that even though he was out being a warrior and fighting and all this stuff, and, and even though there was the, him and his, his, his mighty men, they eventually these 400, 600 men actually became his mighty men, even though they were desperate and broke and all, the, they were just a bunch of ragtag people. But as they followed David, they became some of the greatest warriors, perhaps in, in the history of time. I don't know. But they became mighty, mighty men. But David could encourage himself when he lost all because he was reminded and he remembered that before God, he wasn't forgotten about. He, even though it all seemed like he lost everything, when everything seemed lost, he reminded himself, I am anointed as king. And you as a follower of Jesus Christ, you have that same anointing. The anointing abides within you. You can understand and you can know tonight and you can get a fresh revelation tonight that you Have a kingly anointing on your life. So start living up to it. Start walking in that. You're not a leftover. You're not 
forgotten. You're not a nobody. And it comes right down to the root of our identity and who we are. But it says David encouraged himself in the Lord because he knew he was anointed king. And then David says, bring me the ephod. He says to this priest guy, that's sort of, he's like, hey man, give me the ephod. And what the ephod was, it was like this priestly garment, basically, that they would put on. And David, I believe, said, bring me the ephod because he realized that when he, he felt like he lost it all, the best thing for him to do was not only remind himself of who he was, but to worship the one who created him. He, he was ministering unto the Lord as a priest. And you and I have that priestly anointing. So when it feels like you've lost everything, when it feels like you've made mistakes, when it feels like in relationships they've gone sideways and, you, and there's guilt and there's condemnation and it feels like, like, you're, like your village is burning and it feels like you've lost everything, even your family, even your friends, whatever it is that you feel like you've lost, whatever ground it is, you can remind yourself as a king and as a priest, I know who I am. I'm anointed by God. I have a future and Give me that ephod because it's time for me to get my praise on. It's time for me to begin to worship God even when it feels like everything's been lost. I am a priest unto the Lord and I'm gonna worship him. David didn't waste any time. He says, dude, give me the ephod. And he's like, which one do you want? You want the blue ephod, the green ephod, or the red ephod? Like, which, just give me the ephod. Just give me any ephod you got. Give me the one you got at Value Village. I don't care. Just give me the ephod. I'm getting on the ephod. He puts on the ephod and he begins to worship God in the middle of the most desperate, of the most depressed place that he found himself in. And what has happened in your life that has brought discouragement to you? What's happened in your life when you've lost that place with God? You've lost that relationship. You've lost that opportunity. And the enemies come in and he's stolen from you. Psychologists talk about five stages of, of, of what happens to us when we, when we lose things, when we experience loss. And the first stage is shock. You just can't believe it's happened. When you lose a job, you lose a relationship, there's a major breakup, you just, you're, you're in shock. You lose a bunch of money, you're in debt. Like You're shocked, I can't believe this actually happened to me. And so you, you, you just don't know how to deal with it. And then, he, then it moves into denial. They say that after you, the shock is over, then you start denying it. And you're like, it can't be. This can't be happening to me. Have you ever experienced that before? I'm totally shocked. I cannot believe that happened. That can't be happening to me. It must be somebody else. I must be living in an alternative reality right now. There must be something going on that I don't understand. I can't believe this. There's no way that this should be happening. When you experience loss at such a level. And then it moves into anger often. Where you just get angry. You get angry at the people. You get angry at the situation. I can't believe that's happened to me. I can't, I can't believe I've lost this. But then it turns into depression. It can often turn into guilt. And we start blaming ourselves and we start condemning ourselves. It's probably my fault that I've got myself in this situation. It's probably my fault. I should have been more mindful. I should, and maybe David, when he came back and, and all, all his mighty men wanted to turn on him, they wanted to throw stones at him, they wanted to kill him. I'm sure he thought for a moment, oh my goodness, everybody's against me, even my best friends. This must be my fault. I'm such a loser. I, 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 I can't believe I let this happen. And self-condemnation and self-doubt and fear was probably gripping him. But David, he encouraged himself in the Lord. He began to worship when it didn't make sense. 
And then I love this piece here, and Ben or whoever from the band can come back up because I'm landing, I'm landing the plane. Everybody put on your seatbelts. Here we go. Plus, the keyboard is always makes me sound much more anointed as I end the service. Have you noticed that? I want you to get this, though. David encouraged himself in the Lord because he understood his identity was king. He worshiped the Lord at the worst time because he said, bring me that ephod. I'm praising God even when I've lost everything. And and I want you to get this here. Then it says that David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? In other words, David said, okay, Lord, they've come against me. The enemy's come against me. He's taken everything from me. What did David do? He knew who he was. He worshiped God. But then he, this is one of the most, honestly, transformational. If if you don't memorize, listen, if you, listen, if you memorize John 3.16, that's awesome. Congratulations. If you don't memorize any other verse in the Bible, but this one, this one will change your life. And it's just a phrase. Listen to this. This will change your life forever. If you memorize this and you put this into practice. David inquired of the Lord. But David inquired of the Lord. What do I do? David didn't come to the Lord saying, here's what I think we should do and here's all my plans and and, and here's how I screwed up and here's how I want to fix it. No. David said, I'm a king. No matter what's happened, I'm a king. I'm a worshiper in the worst, in the darkest time when everything is against me, I don't feel like worshiping. I'm bringing a sacrifice in the middle of this pain, in the middle of this loss, in the middle of this disappointment. I'm angry, I'm shocked, I'm discouraged, I'm depressed, but I'm bringing my worship to you, God. And then here's the game changer. But David inquired of the Lord. What do I do now? And tonight, I believe there's some people You've lost some things. You've, you've gone this way or that way or things have happened to you or you've done some things. There's some people in the room and I was praying earlier and I want to be sensitive to this. But in areas of relationships, there's some people that you have lost your goal and your heart of purity before the Lord. And then because you've failed in that area, you've made mistakes, you've let your guard down in relationships sexually. You've been beating yourself up. You've been shocked. You've been angry. You've been, you've been beating. You feel like you've lost it all. I want to remind you tonight of who you are. You're anointed. You, you, you are a worshiper. Be a worshiper, even when you've lost it all. And inquire of the Lord, what do I do now? Because God's grace and his healing and his forgiveness is for you. Don't beat yourself up any longer. And this is what happened. And he answered him. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? In other words, God, will you give me victory here in this area of my life? Will, will I overtake them? Will, will I have victory in this area? And I want you to see what the Lord said. He says, and he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, you will recover 
all. I wanna say you're gonna recover all tonight. Anything the enemy's tried to take from you, steal from you, discourage you in, rob you from, distract you in, that spiritual battle that's over your life, over your calling. If you've lost your way, you've lost something, you've lost a piece of, of what you desired to bring to the Lord, but it feels like the enemy got in there in some area of your life, you've been discouraged, you've been beating yourself up. Inquire of the Lord. Remind yourself of who you are. Worship. David just worshiped. And he inquired of the Lord. And God said to him, you're going to recover all. And so I want to speak that over your life tonight. You're going to recover all. You're going to recover every area, everything. You're going to recover all. There's nothing lost. There's no ground that's been lost tonight. But God's calling you back to a place of repentance. He's calling you back to a place. Repentance just means change your mind, change your heart, change your direction. Just come to him tonight and say, God, I'm I'm like David. I feel like everybody's against me. Everything's against me. And sometimes we're waiting for other people to encourage us. Sometimes we're waiting for that pastor to encourage us or that friend or whatever. But David had some spiritual maturity where he actually knew that he, he could actually take a hold of his own emotions, of his own calling, his own priestly anointing. And he could say, no, this is not who I am. I'm not going down like this. I'm not going to give up, but I'm going to encourage myself in God. And some of you tonight need to encourage yourself to stop waiting for somebody else to encourage you. Just encourage yourself. And you, and you know, one of the ways that, that I, I believe that we see spiritual maturity in our lives is that we begin to take our own matters into our own hands spiritually. Where we realize that my walk with Jesus is my responsibility. It's not my pastors, it's not my churches, it's not my friends, it's not my parents. You say, well, my parents are Christians, my grandparents are Christians. It doesn't matter. Are you saved? Are you born again? Do you have a walk with God? You can't just ride on the coattails of other people. And you say, well, I'm discouraged and my pastor needs to do this. He needs to preach shorter sermons. He needs to do, you know, more Bible and, you know, more meat in the word and all this stuff. Just go podcast your own stuff. Like, just get what you need. Take responsibility for yourself, for your own growth. Encourage yourself in the Lord. It says in the book of Acts, it's one of the craziest, coolest lines in the book of Acts in the early church. It says this, these words are three words. And and, and ordinarily these words, you're not gonna like go, whoa, or fall down, but they are the key. They are the key to living your life for Christ. And here's what it says about the early church. They devoted themselves. Are you devoting yourself? Are you, can you, are you strengthening yourself in the Lord? Are you, are you taking your own walk with Jesus? Are you taking that responsibility for your own walk with him personally? Are you going, are you just letting, are you just letting things get you down or some of the ways that maybe there's been mistakes, there's been failure, there's been all kinds of things. Don't stay in shock. Don't don't stay in denial. Don't stay in anger for where you failed or where things of the past have come against you where the enemy's tried to get you down. Don't stay in depression. Don't stay in guilt. Strengthen yourself in the Lord tonight. 
Let's worship him. Why don't we stand? And I want to call you tonight. Here's how I want us to respond. What do you do when everything seems lost? First of all, it's not lost. It's not lost. But you don't stay in a place of discouragement. You remember who you are. You get yourself into his presence. You take responsibility. Encourage yourself. So we're going to be here tonight, obviously, to pray with you. We'd be happy to do that. But I feel like tonight there might be some people. And the way that I would encourage you to respond is to actually physically take a step. You're saying, you know what, God, I've had some disappointments. I have some failures. And maybe you've even done some things and you've seen some things move forward in your life, but you know deep in your heart there's still pain, there's still resentment, there's still confusion, there's still bitterness. You still can't quite get that breakthrough. You say, I'm a child of God, but am I really? And when Levi said that earlier tonight, what is God saying to you? You felt more condemning words and, and there's, all, there's this battle that's going on over your mind. Tonight, I want to encourage you. I believe that as we get ourselves into God's presence, as we experience him in worship, as we surrender ourselves again, as we put on that ephod of worship and, and praise, that priestly uh, duty to the Lord where we just love him and, and we're in his presence and we worship him, as we understand ourselves and our identity of who we are, as we, as we strengthen ourselves tonight, I believe you're going to receive incredible breakthrough in your life. And I believe that bodies will be healed. I believe people will be transformed in God's presence. You're here tonight for a reason. Some of you, you're like, some of you, like literally, I feel like there's some people in this room, your heart's almost been beating because you're like, how did you know all that stuff? And when I've been talking to you tonight, you've been like, have you been reading my emails? And what that is, is it's not that I'm reading your emails. I'm, you know, I don't have your emails. I, don't, I, I can't hack in. I'm not, I'm not a hacker. It's that the Holy Spirit knows what's going on exactly in your life. And tonight, I want to encourage you, if, if that's you, you feel like, yeah, God's speaking to me. I want to encourage you to find a place that is, I want you to make a move. And for some of you, that might mean just coming into the aisle and just kneeling in the aisle. Some of you might want to come and just pray at the front and just be in God's presence. Our team will be here to pray for you in a few moments, but... As we worship, I want to encourage you. If, if that's you tonight, you just need to seek God. You need to be like David and say, you know what? It feels like a whole bunch of stuff's it's crazy. A lot of stuff feels like it's been lost in my life. But I am seeking God because God's promise is that you will recover all. You're gonna, if you've lost money, if you've lost friends, if you've lost relationships, if you've lost uh, other things in your life, you've lost purity, you've lost things that you've been going after. God says, I want to I, I wanna heal you and you're going to recover it all. You're going to recover it all. Jesus said this, if you lose your life, you'll find it. And for some of you, it's like, it's not just what the enemy's done. It's just, it's just that you have lost some things and you've been grieving that. But just come to a place where you're just ex- in his presence. And I believe God wants to bring healing and strength to you tonight. So we're going to worship And I want to encourage you to respond. Our team will be here to minister to you tonight. So let's do that. Just come out of your seats if you'd like to do that. Find a place to kneel. Find a place to pray. Don't hesitate. Don't hold back. Don't worry about what your friends are going to think or do. But just find that place with God tonight. If that's your desire and that's your heart. Just say, God, I'm coming back to you.